Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. Kiefer Sutherland is my guest today. You know him from hit movies and TV shows like Stand By Me, The Lost Boys, 24, and Designated Survivor. Kiefer's been entertaining us on screen for over 30 years, but what you may not know is that music was his first love. A great storyteller, he's out with his third studio album, Bloor Street. We chatted about everything from his new music to striking a deal with his mom when he was four years old to get his first guitar, and what it's like portraying President Franklin D. Roosevelt in an upcoming Showtime series called The First Lady. So here we go with the wonderful Kiefer Sutherland. I've been so close to meeting you so many times, um, and I was hoping that you'd be in studio, but because of this new variant, you're not able to do it. I love the fact that you wrote a song about Bloor Street, and I love the fact that you shot it in front of a subway car. The album cover is in front of a a subway car, uh, actually at the station of Bloor and Young. Um, And then, you know, I I was doing a television show called Designated Survivor, and we shot that in Toronto, and we shot all three seasons in Toronto. And I was walking down Bloor Street towards Young, and as I got to the four corners, I kind of looked up and realized this is where everything in my life started. You know, my first job was at the uh, food court in the Hudson Bay. Uh, <laughs> my, my first kiss was just outside of the subway at Bloor and Young on those four corners. I made friends there. It was, it was just such an exciting place to be when I was, you know, 12 to 15 years old and um, and I was so grateful for the freedom that we had when we were growing up that I don't yeah. think kind of exists for young people today in the same way. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of nostalgia overtook me and I wrote that song and um, very proud of the song. But I'm, I'm even more proud of, of our city and where I grew up. And uh, so it seemed a very appropriate title for the album cover. Well, it's great. And I love that the song. I love the fact that you said the song really is about anyone who kind of goes goes home and experiences where you where you were brought up. What yeah. what kind of experiences you have. And uh, and you know, I love I love going back in time. I there would no there would not be a good song about Pittsburgh where I grew up, I don't think. But <laughs> Laura Street sounds so chic compared to where I grew well. up. <laughs> well, it's for, you know, and I, and I have to tell you, so I have a twin sister yes, and, and my mom and I and and my sister moved to Toronto uh, when we were about seven years old and we had to, you know, leave our schools and our friends that we knew in California mm-hmm. and we moved back home to Toronto and I'll never forget, even at seven, I was acutely aware of the kind of welcoming that we got as a family to our neighborhood and the Mm -hmm. sense of community. And you felt that immediately in the school and meeting other friends. And so Toronto, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to travel the world, but Toronto still is the most special place that I've been. And I will never forget the way they took us in uh, when I was a young seven-year-old. And I will be grateful for that uh, to the end of my days. Uh, I have to tell you that uh, your mother and I would see each other once Every two weeks at Jeanette Spawn Salon, I think uh-huh. she had the two o'clock appointment for nails, <laughs> and I had the three. Oh, and so, lovely. if I got there early, she'd say, "Come and sit while I'm getting my nails done." Your mother was oh. a dear, and yeah. uh, we would talk about the house I was about to move in, and it was never about her. It was always right. about how are you doing, what are you doing, what's media like. So I have great memories of your mom, Shirley. 
nice. Well, person. she had she had such a unique interest in other people, like yeah. you were describing. Um, yeah. You know, and she was also a force to be reckoned with. You know, uh, she was. It's I've I've often told this joke, and I mean this in the kindest way. But my mom was maybe five foot two on a good day, and she was probably <laughs> the only person I was honestly scared of. So she 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 was a tough lady, and uh, yeah. just. Uh, have couldn't possibly have more respect for anyone uh, more than my mom. And like your mother, my mother has said, uh, if you want to do anything else in life, you have to learn how to play the violin. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, I started playing violin uh, when I was about four or five years old and desperately wanted a guitar. And she said, if I played the violin till I was 10, she would get me a guitar. And she was true to her word. Uh, and sadly, I did not pick up the violin again. Do you know where that old violin is? Did you carry it around with you? Because I still have mm. mine. No, I, 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 I do not. I think, I think my mother probably gifted it to a school for their orchestra or something like that. Okay, so the guitar now, if you love the guitar, you're making music, you are, are you quietly writing, are you sharing your music at that point, or are you just um, kind of trying to figure out your own kind of musical journey? No, I, I write a lot. I've been I've been writing a lot since actually I was 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't get to a point where I actually felt like I had anything to say uh, as a songwriter till maybe the last 10 or 15 years. And then I had help from uh, really extraordinary musicians, whether it was Jude Cole or Michael Gurley or right. Austin Vallejo, people that I would write songs with. And so I started to become a better songwriter because of their help and, and learning kind of a formula for myself. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm writing all the time and, and I, you know, and, and for me, songs go through kind of a process, right? The, the yeah. original song between where I write it and to where, what it becomes on the album is a journey uh, for me and for the song. And so that mm -hmm. process I have actually fallen in love with. The music that you wrote, though, for a while, like, you know, when you cut it, you collect it and then you put it away for a while. And then when you revisit it, um, is it is it is it a new song to you? Is it like that's that's pretty good. I've got a collection of songs, you know, um, not bad for, for me. No, I mean, I, I would kind of uh, I always love this quote from Brian Adams. Brian Adams would never uh, title one of his albums he would never use a song title for the title of his album because he felt that it would make the other songs jealous. And I always thought that that was so amusing. Um, you know, and, and I agree with him. They're like children and you don't want to get one of them angry with you. So um, I did break that rule. Uh, and I do kind of usually have a favorite and Bloor Street is a favorite of mine oh, for this good. record. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but I, but I do agree with him in the sense that they do feel like children. Uh, and so, so once you've written it and you play it, uh, mm -hmm. it really becomes a part of you. And, and so even if I didn't play it for 10 years and I started playing it again, I would, I would recognize it right away. Tell me about this uh, wonderful tour that was ready to go. And then you weren't able to do it. What, what's 2022 look like for you, Kiefer? Well, so, so many different things. I mean, I was so excited about coming up to Toronto and doing some press for the new record. And we were going to yeah. play a couple of surprise shows uh, in Toronto, which I was very excited about. Um, you know, look, everybody's going through this pandemic and, and depending on what country or even what city you live in, uh, you know, everybody's having to deal with whatever requirements uh, there mm -hmm. are for them. It's mm -hmm. very tough. I can only hope that this, you know, 
that each each variant is getting weaker uh, and that that soon this will all be in our rearview mirror. Uh, but I just like everybody else, uh, I am trying to get through this and I do not want to play uh, shows until it is safe for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to wait just like everybody else. But I do hope uh, that that the end of this pandemic is coming around the corner yeah. Yeah. and we will all celebrate that together. Yes, and that'll be great. I we miss people, you know, being up on stage and entertaining us. We miss being in the audience to be entertained. I Me too. I, Me too. Value. I love going yeah. to shows and and I love I love other musicians and I uh, I'm a huge music fan and I miss going to see shows as well. So, yeah. uh again, I I I look back 100 years ago and you think of the pandemic from 1918 to 1920. Mm-hmm. Uh they called it the roaring 20s for a reason. Uh, and, and I think people were celebrating uh, the, the the Spanish flu uh, being in their rearview rear mirror. Right. And I, I am looking forward to the time when we get to do the same. Yeah, I, I do, too. Let's talk, if we have time, if you don't mind, about acting. Yeah. Celebrated yeah, the 20th please. anniversary of 24 virtually, virtually last year. Uh, you got some new projects. I mean... The resume is unbelievable, but I'm really interested in this thing about you playing Roosevelt. What's that all about? There's a wonderful show called The First Lady, and uh, it chronicles three first ladies uh, who really changed the office. Uh, Viola Davis um, uh, plays Mrs. Obama. Uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer plays Betty Ford and Gillian Anderson plays uh, Eleanor Roosevelt. And I play her Franklin Roosevelt, uh, who was my favorite uh, American president uh, in American history. Uh, And it was an incredible opportunity, not just as an actor, because the voice and the look and all of those things uh, are rooted in 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 a reality. So you get to aim for you have real targets to aim for as an actor. Um, but also just in in the researching of the character. I mean, I felt I knew a lot uh, about Franklin Roosevelt. Uh, but obviously, when you start to research a part, you you learn so much more. And so I was I was thrilled about that part of, of the the experience. And I was also thrilled that the show actually is told from the point of view of the first lady as opposed to the president. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that point of view has been long overdue to be explored. Um, and I was just, I couldn't have asked for a, a more wonderful actor to work with than Jillian, yeah. who delivers a knockout performance. And uh, it was just an absolute thrill to be a part of. And that, that I believe is coming out in April. Uh, so I can't wait for that. And um yeah, it was a phenomenal yeah. opportunity. Did you watch the uh, the Ken Burns Roosevelt documentary? It was the it was the first thing I went for. <laughs> it was the first research I did. Uh, I think it's like nine hours long. Yes, uh, I do remember that. And then there were some writings that I managed to get a hold of uh, mm-hmm. that I thought were really extraordinary. And and mm-hmm. the relationship between he and Eleanor. Uh, was certainly scarred from a very mm. early time uh, mm-hmm, due mm-hmm. to some of his infidelity. Um, mm-hmm. But he had such respect for her as a mind that they had a friendship that was really pretty extraordinary. And I think it's something that I uh, I found incredibly fascinating and, and I hope audiences will too. When you, uh, when you play a, a, a historical person, 
and you, you're laser focused on that, is that, this is a question from just an audience member here, yeah. easier or harder? Well, it depends. I mean, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt had a had a very kind of upper crust New York accent uh, that was kind of almost mid-Atlantic. And for whatever reason, I understood how to capture that voice. And when he <laughs> talked, he talked December 7th, 1941, a day that will live in infamy. And so... <sighs> I had the voice. So once I felt I had that, uh, it became really exciting and enjoyable. And uh, right. but if you're going to struggle with something like that, oh, my gosh, it's the hardest thing in the world. So so in this one instance, uh, I was very fortunate that uh, that that everything kind of came. Uh, I don't want to say easy, but right. But I did feel that I got it. You got it. Well, you certainly just from that little bit. You got it. You nailed it. Well, bless your heart. Thank that's you. That's so good. It's so good to talk with you. And I hope, hopefully, when you come back to uh, Toronto, you can sit across from me. We can have another conversation. I'd say congratulations on this third studio album, Bloor Street. We love the shout out for sure. Thank you. And want to wish you the very best in health in 2022, Kiefer. Oh, my gosh. And to you, too. And I so look forward. So maybe maybe towards April or whatever, this will all be done and we can sit and visit and talk more about uh, the First Lady. That's so good. Okay, book them. Okay. We have a book date. Em. Book them right now. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, nice to see you. All the best. I really enjoyed our conversation. I really hope we get a chance to meet in person one day soon. Kiefer's third studio album, Bloor Street, is available now wherever you get your music. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 